0: Welcome to Hagzeik, the Daily Musser Impact Initiative. Although we are at the height of Hasidus, there is something in today's Limud which is so striking and so inspiring. I think it could change the way we view our Vodas Hashem. So, without further ado, here we go. In today's Limud we have the story of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa. So, just to remind us what's going on in the Masil HaSasharim. The Masil HaSasharim is talking about this mishkal HaHasidus, weighing Hasidus. And what's the challenge? The challenge is that sometimes something that I perceive to be very good is actually very bad. And something that I, I perceive to, to, to be very bad is actually very good. And because I'm walking on this tightrope of Avod of, of, of HaShem, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of thought and a lot of relying on HaShem to understand and recognize what is it that I should be doing. And he gives a couple of examples of this. He talks about Gedali ben Achikam, which is a, a, a story for another time. And he talks about the story of Kamtza and Bar Kamtza. And I think it's worthwhile to understand the story. And when we understand the story, like I said, there's such a striking lesson that we could glean from this. So, the story takes place in the Gemara and Gittin. Dunheim, Bays. I'm not going to go through all the details, but essentially, there was two people, Kamtsa and Bar These people obviously had similar names, but clearly different natures. Because there was a fellow, he was a friend of Kamtza, but he wasn't such a big friend of Bar And he was making this big party and he sends out a servant or he sends out somebody to go get his friend Kamtza. Well, the fellow comes back with Bar Kamtza. So, the, the host sees Bar sitting there and he gets all upset because here's his enemy, here's this guy he doesn't like, and he's sitting there at the party. Now, I guess Bar thought maybe he's trying to make up, uh, you know, and, and and we'll get along. I don't know, whatever Bar thoughts were. But at the end of the day, he's sitting there. So the fellow goes over, and he wants to kick him out. So Bar is frankly embarrass you to, to to leave in front of everybody says so says you know he's, he tries to dissuade him he says i'll pay i'll pay for my plate i'll pay for half the party it, uh, the guy is not listening uh, it's not about the money frankly i just don't like you and he kicks him out and then it it's super super embarrassing for bar kamsa. now the worst part says bar kamsa is that he's sitting there and he sees that the the are uh, there are rabanim sitting there and they didn't lift a finger they didn't say anything they didn't stop this public humiliation it was so embarrassing he can't handle it. And he's so upset at the Rabbah, and he says, I'm going to do something to them that they're going to regret. So he goes to the Caesar, and he says, I want you to know, Caesar. This is obviously the time when, when uh, um, um, Israel was under, under uh, control of the Romans. And he goes to the Caesar, and he says, I want you to know that um, the Jews want to rebel against you. They, they they don't like you. They don't trust you. So he says, okay, that's a nice rumor, but can you prove it? He's like, sure, I'll prove it. Give me an animal to bring as a sacrifice. As you know, the Jews will bring in their temple in the base of Hamikdash. They'll bring a carbon even from a non-Jew. So you're a non-Jew. They'll bring it, right? But when I tell them it's from the Caesar, you'll see they're not going to bring it. So the Caesar says, "Really? Okay, let's run the test." So he gives him an animal, and on the on the uh, trip back to the base of Hamikdash, he makes Barakamz makes a mum. A mum is a little bit of a blemish that. Um, in in the Talmud in the Gemara, exactly where he did it, but basically he he took a knife and he made a very 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 slight blemish on this animal. Something that uh, one might not even think is how so much of a blemish, but it's something that one uh, apostles it that doesn't the carbon is not allowed to be brought on in the base of Mikdash. Anyways, he gets to the base of Mikdash. He wants to offer the carbon, and now the Chachamim have a dilemma because on the one hand it is the Caesars. Um, uh, animal, um, and if they don't bring it, well, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But on the other hand, you're not supposed to bring uh, a carbon to Hashem that's that that, that is blemish. So what are you supposed to do? So they start to have this debate. They're not sure what to do. Maybe they should bring it. Maybe they should kill Bar so he won't be able to report back. They're not sure what to do. And this is the, the point where, where uh, the Masil Sasharan picks up. He says, the, the Gemara says, Amr of Rav bin ben So Rav Zachari ben Avkulas, he was a tremendous, obviously a tremendous Tamachacham and tremendous Balmidos. And he was apparently the greatest of the sages at that time. Now, normally, the way that a judgment was judged was you would start from the lowest of the sages, reaching up to the highest. Because if you started from the highest, the greatest of the sages, so then no one else would want to argue. So you start from the lowest and you work your way up. Now, Rabbi Zachary ben Avkullis, he viewed himself as the lowest, even though he was the greatest. So he spoke up first. Well Once he said, well, we can't bring it as a carbon and we can't kill him and we can't this and we can't that, so no one wanted to argue. So essentially, he gave the Psach, he gave the Halacha, and that's what happened. The terrible fallout of this story is that the Caesar thought that the Jews were rebelling. You know, one thing led to another. And we had Nabuch, the destruction of the base of Well, What the Masil Hashem is pointing out is or Zachary bin Avkulas's Anivas, his humility led to this destruction. In other words, he should not have had this humility at this time. And that is what the Masil Hashem is talking about the Mishkal Hasidas, this weight of Hasidus. Okay. What I'd like to bring out is another point from this story, because the whole story starts with a statement from the Amor of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan Qutza it says, Asher adam tamid, uh, literally, blessed is the person who is constantly, it literally means afraid, but we're going to tr- uh, translate as wary. What does this mean? So Rashi explains, He looks to the future to see what's going to be. That nothing bad will happen if I do this. Very much in line with what Masil Sasharim is saying. In other words, Rabbi Yochanan says, Look, I'm going to tell you a story, and the people in this story fall afoul of this Pasuk. They should have been Ro'es Hanolad. They should have seen the future, and they didn't. It says what's, and, and, and what's the story? He says the story of Kamsa, you know, because of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, because of Kamsa Bar ha, Kamsa, uh, uh, Yerushalayim was destroyed. Okay. So what we have over here is that Rabbi Yochanan is taking somebody in the story to task for not seeing the future. Either this, Rabbi Zechari ben Avkulas, or maybe the Rabbanon who are sitting at the table and not protesting Bar Kamsa's embarrassment. They should have done something different. So let's 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 put ourselves in that seat, in that situation. Either one, the Raban at, at the party or Riv Zacharyah. Would it have dawned on them in a million years that the base of Mikdash is going to be destroyed because of their actions? If you would have said to Riv Zacharya, what you're about to do, you're going to destroy the base of Mikdash. Don't you think his Pesach would have been different? Okay. Second, let's talk about Riv Zacharyah. He was the greatest of the sages. And Midos obviously had tr- tremendous humility to the point where it was overflowing. And he was the biggest Talmud He probably thought through very much his actions. You don't get to be a great sage overnight. It takes a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of skill, a lot of talent, a lot of siyat and right? He probably had all of these Midos that we've been talking about. He didn't think through his actions. So you have to say, I think it's accurate. Then of course he did. And he weighed the possibility of what would happen with the seizure and the response and what we could do. And he weighed it and he weighed it and he thought about it and he thought about it and he thought about, it and, he thought about it. and yet he came out. He came out. It's, we should not bring this carbon. Nevertheless, history takes him to task. Rabbi Yochanan is saying, you should have been Roa So But I did. I did what I could. How could you How could you blame me? I thought about it. I guess we have to say, from Yochanan is saying that he should have been roas Sanolat, that... He still missed it. There was still more he could have done. There was still a little bit deeper, a little greater insight. Maybe a uh, discussion with another, you know, Talmud or another uh, a friend or something, something slightly different that would have changed, literally changed, the course of history. And he's taken to task with that. And forever he's going to be remembered because you don't find him elsewhere. You find him in this story, and forever he's going to be remembered as the source and the cause for the terrible destruction of the Beit Well, That's quite striking. But how is that inspiring? I think as follows. You see the, the, the depth of a human being. A person might say, I'm just human. I'm just human. What do you want from me? But if Hashem is taking a person to task for something, that means that it's expected that you're capable of rising above that. Yes, we are flesh and blood. But as flesh and blood creatures, Hashem has given us such superhuman powers to be able to discern and to ascertain and to think and to look ahead and realize the impact of our actions. We think we sell ourselves short. We think, I'm just a person. What do you want? I can't reach that level. I can't get that far. But if Hashem is, so to speak, blaming somebody, that means that there's what to blame. That means that you could have done better. That means that it's within us to do better. We can do better. It's part of us. It's part of our nature. Hashem made humanity with that ability. Because if Hashem didn't, then there's no blame, obviously. Now, we might not be the greatest sages at the time of the Beis HaMikdash. But we are human beings. We're part of the same species. So while we might not be at that level, we definitely have it within us to think a little bit harder, to recognize a little bit more the impact of our actions and to use them. For HaVod HaShem. Have an amazing day. You have been listening to a she'er by Hachzeik. If you have been impacted, please share with others. For the daily she'er, please visit Hachzeik.com or call 516-600-8080.